Welcome to the Overcomers Podcast. Today you will hear a message from our very own Pastor Richard D. Dobbs entitled, I Need the Benefits That Come with Goodness and Mercy. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are empowered and equipped by today's message. He is my shepherd, I shall not walk. And then he goes on to verse 2. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside the still waters, and he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. And verse verse 6 is the one that really caught my attention and brought me to Psalms 23. And I want you to notice what Psalms, what David wrote in this verse, in the, excuse me, in this verse or this particular passage of scripture. Surely goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy. Thank God for his goodness. Thank God for his mercy. Well, you ain't live long enough until you, until you can appreciate God's goodness and his mercy. And he says this, shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Based on what I've read to you, I want to talk to you from this topic. I need the benefits that come with goodness and mercy. I need the benefits. Notice I didn't put want them. I need them. How many know that you need the benefits that come from goodness and mercy? I mean, you don't want them. You just, you need them. You, you're telling God, I can't live without them. They are a necessity in my everyday life. Is that right? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word this morning. We pray that the word of God will have free course and lives are going to be touched, healed, and delivered this morning. Father, help us to grab a hold of what the Spirit of God is speaking into our DNA this morning. We pray for our youth church this morning. We pray to God you continue to bless them, continue to empower and equip them. Help us all to realize that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. Father, we bind the enemy right now. We try to distract, cause confusion, darkness in our lives. We bind and we cast them out. Thank you for your anointing and your power this morning. And thank you for ministering to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Let those that agree say amen. This is what we call a psalm. Now, a psalm is a sacred song or hymn or melody in particular, any of those contained in the biblical books of Psalms are used in Christian and Jewish worship. So we see a psalm is a psalm, P-S-A-L-M, is a sacred song or a hymn or a melody. And the purpose of it is to give glory to God or to worship our king. In my opinion, David is a wonderful example to follow when it comes to how we should worship our Heavenly Father in spirit and in truth, according to John 4, 24. Let's go there real quickly. The book of John, chapter 4 and verse 24. And, and it, say, it reads as follows, and these are the words of Jesus when he was speaking. He said, God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in 
truth. So we believe, believe, I believe, in fact, I know that we have worshipers in this sanctuary this morning. I believe, in fact, I know that we have people that believe it, that God is worthy of worship. He's worthy of all the glory, all the honor, all the praise we give to him. In fact, I believe we have members of the sanctuary that, that not only worship God on Sunday, but you have a lifestyle of worship. You'll worship God riding down the road. You'll worship God, amen, on your job. You'll worship God in your house. You'll worship God, amen, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. You don't mind worshiping God because you have a lifestyle of worshiping God. In fact, won't you look toward heaven and say, I have a lifestyle of worshiping you, Father. I have a lifestyle of worship here because I desire to worship. You're worthy of all worship and honor and glory in the name of Jesus. Go back to Psalms 23. We're going to uh, dissect what David wrote in this particular text. And again, um, you know, last t- time we were together, we talked about the ten lepers and uh, how God, and they said, have mercy on me, God. And, and God had mercy on them. And as they went to the priests, they were healed. And But one of them had enough in them to come back and tell God, thank you for healing his body. And after that person came back to tell God, thank you, he made that person whole. There was nothing missing, nothing, uh, nothing broken. Everything that was in this past from his hurts and so forth, God had delivered him or healed them. And so we see that mercy, uh, in, in this particular, in that particular case, and I believe in many particular cases, goes a lot further than God having leniency on a person. Because sometimes people look at mercy that, that God's not blessing you. But let me say this to you. You let God mercy continue to do what it does, it's going to not only have leniency on you, but God's going to continue to bless you in in every aspect of your life because of his mercy. And I see that because, see, one of the definitions of mercy is leniency. And when God is leaning upon you, he's not giving you what you deserve. And so what God doesn't give you what you deserve, that means you're going to be blessed by it. You ever rode down the road and going, going fast in what you, uh, was supposed to and you saw somebody sitting on the side, but they didn't pull you over. They had mercy on you. They knew you were riding, but they had what? Oh, I see, y'all ain't talking. Some, y'all, y'all must be the only one in the sanctuary that has thanked God they didn't put, pull the lights over and pull you over in the name of Jesus. I've been grateful many, many times. Lord, I started speaking in tongues, slowing down, hitting the brakes all at the same time. And when I got by him, I said, thank you, Jesus, because I know there was some mercy, some leniency in that particular case. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that. And so we pick it up here when David wrote the psalm or this, this sacred song or hymn or melody to God. And he says that the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He is my ruler. He's my guide. He's my governing agent. He is my feeder. He's my overseer. He's my encourager. He's my corrector. He's my teacher. And, and, and when you read, when you make, make a statement like that, like David did, you got to, uh, really mean it. You can't say the Lord is my shepherd and not really mean what you're saying. 
If you're saying that the Lord is my shepherd, then it's going to it's going to take something to, to make the Lord your shepherd. A lot of people read that and they like to quote it. And I'll be honest with you, I just quoted it before I learned what it meant and just be quoted. Because, you know, somebody said, quote Psalms 23 and you'll be all right. But I really had no idea what half of this stuff really meant. But when you start to look at it and see what it really means, it makes more significance in your life. When you're saying that uh, the Lord is my shepherd, you make you make it a daily personal effort to allow him ownership and access to shepherd our lives according to the written and revealed word. You can't just say the Lord is my shepherd. You don't let him rule in your life. You can't say the Lord is my shepherd. You don't let him guide your life. You can't say the Lord is my shepherd, but you don't let him be the government agent in your life. You know, you can't say the Lord is my shepherd and you don't allow him to feed you, to be your overseer, to be your encourager, to be your, oh, well, look, look at that word, corrector. Listen, the Lord is your shepherd. He's going to correct you every now and then. Listen, if the Lord is your shepherd, he is going to teach you, amen, the written and revealed word. So you say the Lord is my shepherd, you're saying something. Oh, you ain't just get open your mouth up. You're saying, God, you know what? I'm going to allow you to be the shepherd in my life, not just on Sunday. But you're going to be my shepherd on Tuesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Monday. You're going to be my shepherd on Saturday and Sunday. You're going to be my shepherd 24 hours and seven, 24 hours a day and seven days a week. You're going to really be my shepherd. Oh, I just can't be quoting something like that and thinking that God's not going to hold me accountable to what I'm just, just speaking out to the atmosphere. So I'm saying, Lord, you'll be my shepherd. Listen, I'm going to let you really be my shepherd. And that means that when I mess up, I'm going to let you correct me. I'm not going to be mad about it. I'm not going to catch an attitude about it. Not only that, I'm going to let you teach me. I'm going to let you teach me how to worship you because this is what it's talk, part of what it's talking about right here. He's gonna, I'm going to let you teach me how to live right, how to talk right, how to do right. I love that scripture that the minister gave a little bit earlier. Teach me how to give. Because if I don't give right, it's going to lead to poverty. And I, I've been broke long enough. I don't know about you, but tell you that, I've been broke long enough. Listen, I'm tired of all that stuff. I need to learn how to get out of from poverty into that next level. Are y'all following me? And so he's going to be my teacher. He's going to teach me this. So if I'm saying the Lord is my shepherd, just like David did, I've got to let him shepherd my life. I got to let him shepherd my life. He, we know that here also in verse 1 that a huge benefit of having the Lord as our personal shepherd, he, uh, David proclaimed that I shall not walk. I shall not walk. I shall not have any lack or decrease or cause to fail. We allow Jesus to freely guide and govern and feed our lives. We will find that we will increase and become more productive. Not in every area of our lives. Every area. The Lord is, and this, oh, thank you, Lord. I, two or three thoughts run across my mind. Let me slow down for a moment. If we will say that we shall not walk, We've got to be in a position that by faith that we know God going to supply every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We got to do it by faith. We say we shall not want. That means it's going to look like we're going to want. It's going to look like it, but we can't go by what we see. Because we're children of God, we walk by faith and not by what? So when we, we say we shall not want, that means that, listen, it may look like lack, it may look like decrease, it may look like we're going to fail, but you can't go by what it looked like. Not if the Lord is your shepherd, because, see, you ain't seen the end yet. Tell you never, you ain't seen the end yet. 
Oh, yeah, because he says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and give you expected hope in the end. Listen, you may not have seen it yet, but God has your best interest in heart. He's got your best interest in mind. He got your best interest in heart. He knows that he says, listen, you can't go about what the enemy tells you. You're going to be falling a little bit short. Oh, God, you're going to do. Let me say this to you. God going to give you do it. Yeah, I got it. Lord. Ephesians 3. And 20, I believe it says God will do it seedily, abundantly, above anything he asks or think, according to the power that worketh in you. God's going to do a great work in our lives. Ooh, thank you, Lord. There's no want. And I love what David said. I shall not want. It may look like I'm wanting, but I shall not want. Ooh, that means, David, you, you, you believe God going to supply a need. You believe God gonna do make a way out of no way. You believe God gonna do something on that job that oh God, God gonna do something in my house. God gonna do something in my business. God gonna do something in my body. God get ready to do something in my finances. God get ready to do something because I shall not want. Ooh, I like that, David. I agree with you, David. How many agree with David right here? Oh, yeah, we agree with David right now. So, you know what? God can't let his word return back to him, boy. He's got, he's got to do and accomplish everything he sent it out to do. And so now we're going to look at days, we call what we say six additional benefits. Now, of course, we know if you probably get into it deeper, it's probably more than six, but six additional, we're going to talk about six today. Uh, that come along with goodness and mercy. We allow God to shepherd our lives. Now remember, what, why is this important? We've got to let God shepherd our lives. We just can't say that he's our shepherd, but we don't let him govern and guide and lead our lives. It's like, you know, you saying you are working somewhere, but you don't do nothing what the supervisor says. Oh, you, you don't have a problem with that job. So we want the benefits of what God has for us. We are going to let God shepherd our lives. All right. Now, let's look at benefit number one. They proclaim that the Lord calls us the lie down in green pastors. Those what it says in verse, excuse me, Psalms 23 in verse two. He makes me to lie down in green pastors. Ooh, I'm glad he didn't say brown pastors or red pastors. But he said what? Green pastors. And he leaves me beside the, those, the definition, steel waters. I thought about that because I've been around waters that they're not steel. And that can be something else because water is deceivingly deceptive. It looks like you can just walk out there on it and just be so calm and stuff like that. But you realize, and it don't take you long when you get out there, that water is nothing you don't play with. And if you can't, listen, if you can't drink the, uh, the swimming pool water, if you can't swim, stay out of it. Learn how to swim or whatever the case may be. Uh, I remember going to, you know, even if you're going to a creek or something like that, a creek can look deceptively easy to cross, can it? Well, boy, I've walked across a few creeks, boy, and thought I was going to go across. So I'm from the country, y'all, so I gotta pray my strength. Anyway, when it crossed it, boy, hit that rock, it was slick. Woo-wee! It was not pretty when I got out the water. Y'all follow me? I was praying. Thank God my head didn't hit. But, you know, I learned where y'all just, where y'all pray my spirit. That was just a long time ago when I was, I, I was riding, you know, going out doing, adventuring. I was an adventurous. Because, you know, back then, you know, folk, parents would let you in the house when you were young. Oh, they didn't. Oh, y'all know, y'all don't know about that right That's a, I know this is a new generation right here. Oh, when they sent you outside at, at 10, 
They might let you come back at 12 and get some, you know, get a sandwich. But soon as 12, 15 got, those are 12, 15 minutes eating sandwiches. They sent you back outside. Sent you back outside. Oh, you want some water? Oh, there are water holes out there. But make sure you turn it off after you finish using it. Because you left it running, it was on and popping up in there. And cup, what, what, what cup? Drink out of a cup. Oh, no. I don't even know what a cup was here. <laughs> we drunk out of our hands. Oh, yeah. Oh, see, some of y'all, I know, I know a few people know what I'm talking about. You have to learn how to drink out of and if you, and when you, first you got started, you know how to hold your hand the right way. So the water can get into your hand, if you run it out, you can't get, I mean, it was just a different moment. But now he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, green pastures, fresh, new, fertile vegetation, prosperity. I mean, some fresh pastures. Fresh stuff, fertile, green, prosperous pastors, and leads us beside the still waters, restful, quiet, peaceful waters. One conclusion we can draw from this text is that we are, we, we are, when we yield to the word of God from our shepherd, our spiritual lives will be full of fresh revelation that will cause us to have peace and prosperity in the midst of confusion, chaos, and horrendous times. That we may be experiencing. Oh yeah. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what that breaks down to. God can bless you in the middle of confusion. God can bless you in the middle of chaos. Listen. Long as you. Listen. Long as you are operating in green pastures and steel waters or fresh revelation and got peace that passes all understanding. You can expect God to do something great in your life. Oh, let me tell you something. God don't need, he don't need everything to be working right for you to bless you. Somebody's know it by now. Oh God, God that did some great stuff for us. We realized, my God, I didn't do it like I thought I needed to do it, but God blessed me anyway. I've seen God bless us, many of us in the sanctuary based on the fact that he loves us. We can't even put no, we can't put no formula on it. We can't say if you do this, that, or the other, it's going to happen. We was going to fast, but we, we, we didn't fast like we need to fast. We was going to give God the glory, but we clapped off beat. We was going to do whatever we was going to do, but God blessed us despite ourselves. And he knows how to do that. And that's why in the midst of Whatever you're dealing with, whether it's some type of confusion or chaos or some sort of horrendous thing you may be going through, if you'll just allow God to shepherd you, then you will have those green pastors and still waters. Glory be to God. God's revelation to come in your heart. Oh, that's why God, this, this is why the enemy don't want you to be in the midst of green pastors and fresh revelation. Because he knows when you ever get a hold of what God is doing in your life. And all it is, it's just, it's just I'm reminding you that God is doing a great work in your life. I'm just reminding you that he's doing exceedingly abundantly above anything you ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. I'm just reminding you that God is, he is Jehovah Raha, the Lord by God that he lived thee. I'm just reminding you that he's prospering you in every area of your life. I'm just reminding you of what he is doing in your life. Green pastors and steel wars. Oh, he's doing something great in my life. Oh, I know. See, you may look out there, you may see chaos and confusion, but on inside of here, I've got 
green pastures and steel waters. I got peace. And you, I know you don't understand it because if you look at my natural surroundings, you say, how can he have peace in that kind of natural surrounding? How can he have joy in the midst of that natural surrounding? How can he have God's love in that natural surrounding? You knew it had to be supernatural. Benefit number one, green pastures and steel waters. Number two, he restores my soul. He refreshes my soul, repairs my soul, turns back to God my soul, which is basically nothing but repentance. When the enemy, the world, and our own carnal desires pull our mind, will, and emotions away from God, our shepherd promises to restore us back to him. In fact, you will find out as soon as you mess up that God will begin to deal with your heart about repentance and restoration. Oh, you ain't never messed up and cut somebody out, and then as soon as you cuss them out, you, you're, oh, sorry, y'all, y'all probably cuss out a piece more. Let me try something else. As soon as you got mad at so-and-so, and then you, 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 uh, you did this, that, and the other, and all of a sudden you, you find yourself, you can't even hardly say nothing else because you find yourself wanting to repent. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. You don't even talk to the person. God, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have did that to God. It's, listen, it's not about them, God. It's about me and you. I've got to get right with you, God, because I realize he is restoring my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions. And this is what you got to understand. He says this in the midst of something. He says he restores my soul. David said this because he, I believe his soul needed restored. Maybe not every time, but sometimes his soul need restoring. You ain't live long enough till you need your soul restored. If you're walking with Jesus every now and then, you're going to need your soul restored. You're going to need your mind, your will, your emotions turned back to God. Because why? The enemy has gotten you off track. Oh, the devil don't play. He come to steal. He come to kill. He come to destroy. But the enemy will get you. Let me tell you something. You find yourself wanting to miss church, miss God's word, miss his anointing. Because of foolishness. Foolishness. Stuff that don't even matter. God knows what we need, don't it? And, the, and see, that's why the enemy of the world, our own carnal desires, pull our mind, our will, and our emotions away from God. Our shepherd promises to restore us back to him. And true repentance and restoration can only come from the one true God. You can go to people all day long ask to forgive you, but have you talked to God yet? Have you went to God yet? Oh, yeah, I love people, but you know what? I got to go to God first. I got to go, God, I'm so sorry. Come tell you something. I've been angry with folks. I, I ain't talking about last year uh, since, I was, since I got saved. I only been angry five times. I'm talking about in 2018, messing up left and right. And God has mercy on my soul. It gives me the opportunity to be restored back. Oh, it's good to be restored back. Oh, God. Because when you, when you're in bad fellowship with God, it's hard to, it's hard to seem like to get a prayer through. And I need God to help me in every aspect of my life. Oh, I need God. Cause see, He's a present help in the time of need. I need God every day. And I don't need to be in a situation where God, you know what? I can't get a prayer through cause I haven't got things right with you. I need to get things right with God first. Excuse me. And then I think get things right how he leads me. 
If he comes to you and tells you, say, I'm so sorry for what I did to you or said to you or so forth. Sometimes you mess up, you don't, you don't even see the person you messed up with no more. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Or they call you and you get short with them. You tell them all, I don't owe that money. And if y'all call my house again, I tell you what, click. And God said, you should have did that. They didn't do it in their job. Look how y'all looking at me. I know y'all didn't see y'all. Didn't lie. I, know, I know it. They didn't do it in their job. You don't want to owe the money. Now, if you don't owe it, they got the wrong number. That's one thing. But you ain't paid the bill. They supposed to call. I used to be in collections. I got cussed out several times. That's about money that folks on God. And then they owe it back. But they're like that. Who are you? I, I'm Richard from the bank. And you owe us X number of dollars. I didn't make the bill. I didn't charge none of those, of those accounts. I didn't sign the car note. I don't know what, I was just, uh, that came into my, what, what they call back then the queue. Computer gave me the number. It's randomly done. And once I got it, I had to deal with it. Cause you know what? It was, see, it was helping me to put food on my table. And that's why I look at when people call me and say, Mr. Dobbs, you owe X number of dollars. First of all, I'm like, you, you calling to me? Cause that's how I am, you know, cause I pay my bills. I, 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 that's where I am. And I know when I, when somebody called me and I owe well, you know, I was going to wear, you know, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't get mad because they're doing their job. I've been in that position before. I know y'all probably, some of y'all probably, well, I'll tell you something. People don't call you because they want to call you. I remember I had about a hundred some names to call. You were the last person I wanted to call. If you, <laughs> you follow me? Because <laughs> you, you, you know certain people you call, they were just attitude too. you got them. But who are they? Oh, Lord, here we go. Because they train you how to talk nice to folks, even when they're mad at you. And you try to be calm and collected. But you know, every now and then that flesh want to rise up. I ain't going to lie to you, but that flesh want to rise up, boy. And I, I ain't talking about speaking in tone, neither. I'm talking about telling them folks, oh! Like, I, I didn't get the bill in the first place. You don't want to sign a note, not me. <laughs> that just, I, don't, I try not to say that. Try not to say that. But I'll get the benefit. That God will lead us. He restore our soul. Benefit number three. Not only is God going to restore our soul back to him, but he also is going to lead and guide us into the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Righteousness is deliverance, that which is right or normal according to God's way. Justification is going to lead us to paths of victory and prosperity. I want to deal with that uh, right or normal according to God's way. You got to know what's right according to God. You got to know what's right according to God. Because many times people will ask you something like, you know, what is, they ask you questions like, what is right and what is wrong? Or they ask you something like, well, if God is such a loving God, why does bad things happen to good people? And why do Evil people get away with bad things. And then you have to go, and then, you know, people ask you questions. They ain't got the answer to it neither, but they like to ask you questions. All right, that's just life. They're going to be like that probably to Jesus get back. Because Jesus, you know, he don't, he don't get, get uh, upset with nobody when they get mad, when, he gets, when they get mad at him. He did go ahead and deal. I mean, God will get mad at you and make sure you eat, eat good that's, that same evening. I mean, that's who he is. But they ask questions like that. So you got to know what is right according to God's way as opposed to man's way. 
And that's why you need a moral compass that comes from God. Because you don't need to be the one who decides what's right and what's wrong. I don't trust nobody in this sanctuary to tell me what's right and what's wrong opposite God. You shouldn't either. You should go by what God says is right and what God says is wrong. That gives you a moral compass. Something that you can say is right and what's wrong. You can't let uh, some of those people that are in jail tell you what's right and wrong. They'll be out just quick as that. Because they say, oh, what I did was right. I, I know I robbed 15 people, but that's right to me. <clears throat> I remember I, I watched one thing on uh, YouTube. Some of y'all probably seen it. They interviewed this young lady who was akin to somebody who went somebody's house and robbed them. And I don't know if y'all heard that interview, but it was sad what she said, though. I think it was a cousin or brother or something like that. He went and robbed somebody. The homeowner came, shot him. They was in the hospital. And they said, and they said you know, think, tell us about cousin. Well, my cousin is a good person, and uh, and he, he need to eat, too. I said, he need to eat, too. He need to eat, too. He robbed somebody. He need to eat, too. Boy, I wanted to take her out and put this right foot. <laughs> I can't believe you said something like that on and the interview, it's on YouTube. You can probably see it right now. I probably say exactly how she said it. But the point of the matter is, when they did wrong, she justified his wrong. And see, if you don't know the difference between right and wrong, you'll be justifying stuff that God doesn't justify. Are y'all following me here? You got to listen. That's why we go to God and say what's right and what's wrong. When I tell you what's right and wrong, it's not based on me. Because I've learned over years, some stuff I thought was wrong turned out to be right. And vice versa. Because what? Scripture. What, what was revealed to me through his written as well as his revealed word. Some of you, listen, I grew up in a time where church, I came up, they didn't believe in giving. Oh, you think, the, listen, I remember a time I sat in a meeting one time and they had a conversation about giving the pastor $200 a week. Oh my God, that, that one was totally church apart. $200 a week. They could afford it, but they just, they just think that he should get no more than 100 125 That was just, that. That's where they grew up. So I had that same philosophy coming up after I got truly saved. Somebody had to teach me the difference between right and wrong. Are y'all following me? Man, can't, well, I can leave that long. But anyway, you got to, what's right and what's wrong? You got to study scripture. It's got to be revealed to you through the written and revealed word. What's right? What's wrong? And as we're being led by a shepherd, when you let God shepherd you, he'll, he'll show you what's right. He'll show you what's wrong. We have a promise of a reliable God to ongoing deliverance, victory, peace, prosperity, and so forth, despite what we may see or hear with our natural senses based on Romans 8 and 28. Go to Romans 8 and 28. Oh, yeah, we know all things are working for our good because we love God. But when, this is what you know. When you read a scripture like Romans 8 and 20, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, you need to know when you read a scripture like that, it's not going to look good with your natural eyes. It is not going to look good with your natural eyes. And I've lived long enough to see my bank account not look good with my natural eyes. I have lived long enough to see my health report come back, not the way I think it ought to came back. 
I have lived long enough to see my, listen, the mechanic looked at my car and said, you know what? Oh, this could cost thousands of dollars. I almost want to say you can have this car. <laughs> oh, y'all probably never had that conversation. But anyway, I'm just keep, keep living, keep living. I live long enough to see God work stuff out, not based on what I was doing, but because I love God and I'm called according to his purpose. That's what God will do for you. God will cause things to work good according to his will in your life. Because why? You love him. I mean, you get down, we get all deep about it because you praise him and so forth. But when you love him, you'll praise him. When you love him, you'll give to him. When you love him, you'll treat other people right. When you love him, you'll do right. And we're called according to his purpose. So we got some stuff working out for good right now. So let me announce to all of us in the sanctuary, if you're dealing with something negative in your life, don't worry because God going to turn it around for your good. Oh, good God Almighty. Oh, that's a good place to say thank you, Jesus. That's a good place to say hallelujah because if you got anything negative in your life, God is turning around for your good. Thank you, Jesus. All right, all right. Boy, I got, I got excited right there. I, I could have just dropped the mic and then left, but I need to finish this up, y'all. We have confidence in all things are going to work for our good because we love God and believe we are called according to his purpose. Benefit number four. As we pursue our pathway to righteous and victorious living, it's important to know that we may run across some things that we may fear. Oh, it's going it, to try to get the best of us. So we've been more familiar with life, Defeat, misery, and such like. We have to have confidence in knowing that the Lord has our best interests in mind. So we have to have the same testimony as David. He proclaimed that I will fear no evil. I won't be afraid of evil. I won't be dreaded by evil. I won't be terrified by evil. But you know one thing I saw when I read that text? That evil is real. Evil is real. Well, Pastor, I, I don't deal with evil stuff. Well, the rest of us do. The rest of us do. Oh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, this time of the year, lock your stuff behind you. Lock your stuff behind you. You go shopping, don't be trying to watch around you. Watch around you. There's some folks that don't want to work. They want to buy their, they want to buy their children some Christmas gifts. Oh, Lord, how you pass down? I'm talking about in Carroll County, Harrison County, Douglas County, Paulding County, uh, state of Georgia, the world. I don't care where you go. They out there everywhere. So you just got to be use wisdom. Use wisdom. Look around you when you pull up when you drive away. Just don't pull up and don't look. Look while you're coming up there. See anybody peeking behind a car, uh, a car or anything when, they, when you drive up. Just don't be... Don't pay, pay, I tell my family, pay attention to your surroundings. Pay attention to your surroundings. Parking lighted areas. Especially you single women, don't, don't operate in fear, but use caution. Don't operate in fear now, because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a, that's it. Don't operate in fear now. But don't be lackadaisical in watching your surroundings. That's it. That part, keep a lot of stuff out the way right now. I mean, one of the things that, that um, for those who remember when I was in banking, 
Anytime they said you had a suspicious activity trying to hang around, just go make eye contact with them. Talk to them. Say, hey. Hey. They say, because them don't want to be recognized. If you recognize them, they're going to somebody else. Don't recognize them. Because you can tell who they are. They can describe them. Yeah, he was 5'11". He had a brown suit with a blue shirt on. He had some brown shoes on. You follow what I'm saying Use wisdom. And I'm t- I ain't saying that's going to happen to you. I pray God's protection be upon you constantly. 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 Not only you, but your children as well. Because when they go to school, they need protection. But that's not anything going to happen to my school. A lot of people have said that. Forget that. You got to use godly wisdom. Y'all following me here? I don't know who that's for today, but just use wisdom. This is the year, time of the year. I'm telling you, some folks don't want to work. They don't want to work. Or at least not work a regular job or do something. They just want to scheme. They just want to scheme. But don't forget. Now, it's through the revelation of God's word that we learn that God does not want his children to live a life of dread, being afraid, or living in terror, according to 2 Timothy 1 and 7. Go to 2 Timothy 1 and 7. And this is what I, I, I want you to enjoy life. Enjoy life. If you want to go out shopping, go shopping. If you want to go uh, look at Christmas lights, go look at Christmas lights. Do not live. Listen, you need to enjoy life. You need to enjoy life. For God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear, but a power, love, and a what? Sound mind. You need to enjoy life. That, But if you're fearful, you want to enjoy life. If you're living in dread, you want to enjoy life. If you're living in terror, you want to enjoy life. God wants you to enjoy life. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. I'm going to tell you something. If anybody should enjoy life, it's his, it's his children. God's children. Why? Because the earth is the Lord's and the what? Fullness thereof. We should enjoy God's creations. God's creation. I remember when we went to, uh, I think y'all went to it too. We saw Red Rock up in Arizona. I mean, I ain't never seen nothing like that before. Man, that thing was beautiful. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, he, and we talked about the Grand Canyon. I went to see Grand Canyon when I was in, uh, there one time. You can't even put in the words the Grand Canyon. I mean, you can't even put in the words the Grand That thing is phenomenal. And I'm praying that all my family, everybody in the church get a chance to see things like that. Now, you may not like the Grand Canyon. To me, the ocean is phenomenal. Phenomenal. I mean, you just see a big old ship way out there, like you pick it up with your hand. You get close to you, you can get 10,000 of me inside that ship because it's that big. That is what I love about God's creations. And it's about man do this, that, and the other. Man, please. No way in the world. Let's go to benefit number five. The Lord promises to be a comforter to a comforter even when we're in the presence of our enemies. As children of God, we're going to have others who will oppose us and seek to cause distress, heartache, and such like in our lives. It's good to know our shepherd has already provided a way of escape for us, and God has divine protection for us. Something we just talked about, Psalms 24 and 5, that you see it there in the text. He notices comfort. He's going to console us, have compassion on us, 
in the midst of people who try to cause distress in our life, show hostility in in our life, harass us. Let me put it to you like this. Co-workers, family members, anybody that tries to harass you, don't, 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 don't try to fight them in your own strength. The battle is not yours, but the Lord. And please do better than I do in most cases. Be led by the Holy Spirit before you open up, open up your mouth. Those I said do better than I do. Uh, hallelujah. I ain't always good at that one. But you gotta be led by the Holy Spirit how you retaliate back at folks. And you got to use, and listen, even if they mad, you still got to learn how to speak peace. Oh, Lord, you look how y'all looking. It's going to save you a lot of hostility in the long run. You know, when two boys get to going back and they get louder and louder and louder, somebody get ready to fight. Now, woman, they can get loud and they get to calm down, go shopping 15 minutes later. But a man going to be mad for days. Days. Because he's going to be upset. You ready to go? You gonna think about it? You ready to go? But sometimes women they be loud, boy. And all of a sudden, hey, you wanna go shopping? Oh yeah, let's go. <laughs> I don't know how they do it, but they, well, I do. I do it a little bit how they do it anyway. They calm down a lot quicker than men can, in most cases. But you gotta know who you are. Anything that causes distress, anything that causes distress, show hostility and harass. You got to know that God's gonna handle it. Yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It's your word that comforts me. I remember, I know some of you in this room could probably can remember like I do. Some of you just be scared of everything. Everything. If the lights were off in the house, you could move. You stayed under the covers. You heard a noise? Go check it out. I ain't going to check it out. We're moving. But God has not given us what? A spirit of fear. All I got to do is turn the light on and go look around. I mean, it's all going to do. But I ain't moving. For what? You, you remember the, the story? I, I saw a movie the other day. Somebody trying to hide from a monster under some cover. <laughs> what they going to do? You follow me here? You can't have, you can't operate in fear and live a great life. I mean, some people, and I, I know nobody in the sanctuary, but just think about this, though. Never flown before, but afraid to fly. Isn't that something? Never flown, but yet you're afraid to fly. How can you be, if you never did, that can be a little nerve-wracking a little bit, but you get over it. I pray that God will put them angels under the wings and everything when I be flying. I don't trust that pile as far as I can throw. <laughs> pile gets sleepy, make a mistake, hit the wrong button. Oh, no. I do the same thing with my dentist, too. They be in there drilling. <laughs> what if their hands slip? That's my mind be thinking like stuff like that. I said, Lord, get their hand, God. Grab, grab their hand. Don't let that thing slip and cut my mouth wide open. You know, I be thinking crazy thoughts like that, you know. Blood be flying everywhere. I mean, you have crazy thoughts that come at your mind. That's why you, that's why I had to learn how to cast down imagination and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Cause my imagination may be jumping to places. 
I mean, if you got, if your mind is just calm all the time, thank God for you. I can hear a noise. Next thing I know, man, it's probably 15 people over here around the corner get ready to get me. Don't be a better cat to see me scared. <laughs> I mean, stuff like that. I mean, stuff like that can mess with your mind. You got to learn how, and that's what God helped me over the years, is not to operate and be so fearful. And this is what God will do for you. This is what God will do for you. God wants you to enjoy life. Enjoy life. Let me finish this up. Benefit number six. I'm sorry, let me read, this, read the rest of this to you. It is good to know our shepherd has already provided a way of escape for us. God has divine protection for our lives. And the last one, benefit number six. The Lord, uh, another advantage is following. The Lord has goodness and he got mercy that's following us all the days of our lives. Goodness, appropriate, benefit, happiness, better, valuable. Something that is appropriate, something that's beneficial, something that brings happiness, something that's going to cause better to operate in our lives. We say better is here, better is coming. That's a scripture to get it right there. Right there. Look, anything following you, and this is what you got to understand about goodness and mercy when it follows you. It's pursuing you and going after you. It's going to overtake you, but it's got plenty to overtake you with. God doesn't overtake you with one little item and say, boy, I'm finished now. I gave you goodness. It's over. No. God will just keep adding stuff to you as he continues to follow you. How many work for somebody and all, the only thing you got was one paycheck? One. Just one. Somebody say, well, I bet I would not be working for them no more. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, what? They keep paying you on the, on the time they're supposed to pay you, right? Now, if, if the world can do it, y'all know God can do it seemingly abundantly above the world. I mean, he, Lord knows. If, if, if the world can pay you every two weeks, once a month, weekly, or whatever, God can do so much better than the world. So much better. That's why we say better is here, better is coming. It's scriptures like this. It's scripture like this that tells me that I'm operating in mercy, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, leniency, and so forth. It's following me. It's pursuing me, chasing me, running after me. Notice this, not just two days, not just a week, not just a month, not just a year, but all the days of our life. That means that Listen, even as I talk to you right now, there is goodness and mercy running you down. Woo-wee. I'm telling you, you can get in the car right now and go 70 miles an hour on I-20. You still can't run goodness and mercy. Some of you know it right now because when you know God was good to you because you should have had at least that many tickets, but goodness and mercy was following you. Oh, the times you got sleepy riding on the road. You say, I ain't going to pull over. I'm going to push it off then. Y'all know at least two of y'all in the room right here. Not just me. Not just me. Hallelujah. But goodness and mercy kept you awoke. Goodness and mercy. Have you road ever uh, hit them little bumps? Goodness and mercy. Boy, you went and get something to eat, and all of a sudden they had what you wanted on sale. Woo! Goodness and mercy! Oh, you was in the 
in the middle of the stone. Everybody was coughing and hacking and everything else. But you walked out, not with a scratch, not with a cold, not with a sniffle. Goodness and mercy. Oh, it's following you. Lord, God's favor is operating your life. It's in your school. It's with your children. It's with your families. It's with you. Goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your let me go to this last point. Because I, since I see goodness and mercy pursuing me, chasing me, and going after me, that's why I got to have it. This goodness and mercy is needful for me. I mean, see, based on what I just read and what we talked about, that goodness and mercy is necessary for all the days of our life. How many, how many see that? I mean, you need it every day, don't you? Anybody not need goodness and mercy every day? I need to know what, what your secret is. I see what God wrote scriptures like. He loads us daily with benefits. He said, I, you need it every day, Dobbs. And they know I agree with God. I need goodness and mercy every day. Every day. Every day. So how do I keep it? I'm going to read to you that last part of the verse in Verse 6, Psalms 20, verse verse 6. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. How long? How long? How long? So if I'm going to have goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life, I've got to dwell in the house of the Lord. I've got to, as I'm remain steadfast and immovable, the benefits of goodness and mercy pursuing me all the days of my life. We got to follow David's formula. I got to dwell. I got to remain. I've got to abide. I've got to stay. Notice this, not in my house, but whose house? The house of the Lord. Not just some days, but all the days of my life. Not only should we dwell in the house of the Lord, but we should make an effort to see our friends, our co-workers, our family members, etc., sit and remain in God's house as well. We can't be selfish with this, y'all. We got to tell other people about the goodness of Jesus and invite them and share with them that God has goodness and mercy for all of us. Isn't it wonderful to have, and you like me, you need the benefits that come with goodness and with mercy. I'm done. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for goodness and for mercy. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.